0: Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let Earth receive her king. Today we're talking about joy. And Christmas is supposed to be a season of joy. When you look around the world, do you see a lot of joy? Actually, we 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 also there's another song that talks about Christmas being full of cheer. A lot of Christmas cheer out there. Seems like a lot of Christmas fear. That's what it seems like. Seems like a lot of people actually spending a lot of money, even as we're really worried about the economy. I mean, there's like like a nervousness out there as we approach Christmas. What about a lot of Christians? if, If you were to describe a lot of Christians, would the first word that comes to your mouth be joy? A lot of churches, you say, oh, that's a real joyful place. Now, joy, joy is not only a struggle sometimes in our culture. I think for a lot of Christians, it's a struggle. It's not the word that we tend to think of when we think of Christians and of churches. So we've been, we've been talking about the, these words of Advent, hope and peace. And we're going to talk next week about love. But We're talking today about joy. So, so I was interested, how does the world... Think about joy. What's the definition of joy according to the world? So I did what we all do. I Googled it. Okay? And on your notes, I gave you Google's definition of joy. It is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Pleasure and happiness. Feeling. That's how Google, that's how the world defines joy. But I also found in my travels through joy this week, thinking a lot about joy, a quote by C.S. Lewis. I gave you a little more of the quote there but, but the, the big idea was he wrote a lot about joy, particularly after uh, his wife died. He wrote a, a lot about joy. And uh, he says specifically that joy needs to be distinguished from happiness and pleasure. And I found that really interesting. That Here's C.S. Lewis saying, joy is not happiness or pleasure. And here's Google saying, you know what it is? It's a feeling of happiness and pleasure. Okay? C.S. Lewis and Google have very different understandings of joy, and I think C.S. Lewis is getting it right here. So let's, let's wrestle Lewis versus Google. Let's think about what we think about joy. What is a biblical understanding of joy? It turns out joy is a little harder to define because joy is really multifaceted. There's a lot of elements to it. It's sort of a, of a concoction of lots of feelings, lots of things going on. To get started, let's remember where we've been. We talked about hope. What we said was hope was eternal security. I trust that God has the end of the story. The last few chapters are written so I can actually trust in the moment and what God's got going on. It's a security now when I think about how the story ends. And we said peace. Peace is shalom. It's, It's this sort of wholeness. That's what the word shalom really means. Peace, whole, put together. We said it's like a cake where nothing's been cut and no pieces are missing. If your life is at peace, everything's where it should be. Okay, So of course there's no wars. Of course you have inner peace, because everything's where it should be. Joy, then, is sort of the the extension of hope and peace. So when you have this sense of hope, when you have this sense of peace, it allows you to have joy. Sort of a, uh, yeah, maybe happiness... The ability to smile, the ability to laugh, the ability to sort of roll with the punches. It's a positive outlook, a sense of cheer that I'm going to enjoy this life. Even if it's hard, I'm going to I'm going to get some joy out of it. So so what do do we want to think about this? Well, here's a couple metaphors that maybe could help you out. okay? because joy is definitely tied in the scriptures to the knowing the end of the story. Right? I know where the end of the story is, which means I, no matter what happens, I know God's got it. So it's kind of like a runner who's run a long distance race and they're dying, right? And you're tired and your legs are sore. You're like, I don't think I can make it. And then off in the distance, you see the finish line. You're like, okay, I can make it. Right? There's this kind of a surge of energy, of positivity. I'm almost there. Now, I look around in this crowd, there's not that many runners. So let me give you another metaphor. Um, another metaphor could be, have you ever been on a long trip? Okay, you're, you're coming home from a long trip. You've been driving. You got in traffic. You got in bad weather. It's been a horrible, horrible trip. But then you finally get to where you start seeing stuff that you see every day. You're like, oh, that's my Walmart. right? Oh, that's, that's my church. That's my sheets. That's whatever. And then finally you see your driveway. And it's, there's this, like an exuberance. It's like also relief, you know, whew, we made it. But there's like a joy of, okay, I'm gonna get out of this stupid car, right? There's a, there's a, there's that, that I think is joy. It's more than happiness. It's like, it, it's, it's a concoction, right? It's part relief. It's part expectation, it's just part happiness, part wonder, part gratitude. Joy is this bigger idea. It's way more than a feeling. Feelings come and go. Okay, but it's something actually deeper than that. Add to that the word rejoicing, which is the verb of this. So so whenever we say joy is, this joy that bubbles inside of you, rejoicing is like like doing that. It's the verb of it. It's expressing that. You, You rejoice. You have some of that joy come out of you. Or to enjoy something. To enjoy something is to participate in that joy. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to be part of the joy. So I don't think Google gets this right. I think it's more than a feeling. Okay? This is another good song reference. Okay? It's, it's more than a feeling. Because feelings come and go. Joy is something that goes beyond your feelings. It's way more than happiness. Okay? Because sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're not. Sometimes joy can be kind of hard. And it's way more than pleasure. That could be a whole sermon in and of itself. I mean, pleasure... Is normally the stuff that we try to we use to try to get temporary joy, but a lot of times when we try to seek pleasure, it actually is stuff that in the long run is going to rob us of joy. Okay, it's like fake joy. It's like temporary, quick joy. It's like a shot of joy, and then I can move on. But but real joy is much deeper than a pleasure can ever get you to. So with this admittedly vague definition of joy. I want to make some reflections now. Let's, talk, let's, let's look at how joy works in the Bible. And this is why I gave you a note sheet. Because on Friday, I kind of realized I have like nine points of this. And nobody's going to remember nine points. And I'm going to be hitting a bunch of scriptures that I'm going to be hitting kind of fast. But I thought if you had it, then you could look some of these things up later. So let me just say a few things about joy. Some insights, biblical insights into joy. Number one. God is the source of your joy. Real joy comes from God. Psalm sixteen eleven says, "In your presence there is fullness of joy." Okay, joy comes from God. Now you can find joy in a lot of things. How I many of you have a friend that brings you a lot of joy? You're like, "Well, when I hang out with so and so, that's fun. That's joy." Okay, when I do this, I have. To... Yeah, of course, but. But what's happening there is normally they're reflecting something of God that you desire in God. Okay, There's something about what you actually need from God that you get from something else. It's a reflection of God giving you joy. Number two, biblically, joy fills you. Joy fills you. Psalm 4, 7. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abounds. Okay, so God's, God's, God's joy that he fills you with is better than a party. It's better than a bunch of wine. Wine's temporary. The joy of God that he fills you with is long. We know this, right? How many of you remember this song? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I, I was hoping somebody would do it. Where? Yeah, down in my heart I've got this joy. Okay, so, so here's what happened. God is really the source of joy. Even the things in life that I get joy from, are God giving me joy through those things? And what God does is fill us, fills our hearts with joy. Now, Paul then says that joy, number three, is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, So when Paul's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, he's saying if the Spirit is within you, you should be producing these things. He says love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. Joy is one of the fruits. What's the purpose of fruit? To enjoy and to nourish. And the fruit of the Spirit are really about you producing things in your life that other people can benefit from. Okay, that other people can feel the the joy, the love that you have. Okay, so there's this interesting dynamic that's happening. And let's add number four. Joy needs to be expressed. Joy needs to be expressed. Psalm 100 commands us, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. So Paul said it twice just in case you missed it the first time. You're supposed to joy, to to, to, to express joy. Sing it, smile it, say it. However you express joy, smile, laugh. Those things are all like joy. So here's what should happen in your life. Joy comes in and joy goes out, right? God is filling you with joy. And then you should be living a life that's showing joy and then it's coming out in different ways. You're rejoicing. You're producing joy. You're giving joy to other people. Joy in, joy out. Okay? To To use a metaphor, it's like food. I have food that comes in and I have food that comes out, right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I use that metaphor, and I'm sorry for the metaphor, but I think it really is important. Okay? Because if you've ever had problems with food in or food out, everything shuts down. Okay? Food has to flow, and joy is like that. There's a flow. There's a cycle to joy. And if you're never expressing joy, okay, it, it, that's not good. Okay? If you're not bringing joy in, it's not good. Joy is meant to flow, it's a cycle. You're filled with it, you let it out. You're filled with it, you let it out. You stop letting it out, you're going to stop being filled with it. You stop getting full of it, you're not going to be able to let it out. Joy is a cycle, it flows. Part of why that flows is because joy is healing. Number five, joy is healing. You should read this psalm later. Let me read the whole thing. I'm just giving you a couple of verses. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So here the psalmist actually takes the word joy and connects it to healing. Like healing where your broken bones are. Okay, how many of you you have been injured? Right? Been through a real sickness? not a real joyful season right okay joy gets robbed in the pains that we have in this world a part of what happens is if you want to know a sign that you're getting healthier it's when you can start smiling again okay but i think the psalm is actually saying more than that that joy is not just a sign of healing joy is actually a means of healing okay there's an old saying that says laughter is what the best medicine it's probably not true right Like, sometimes medicine is the best medicine. But laughter is a pretty good medicine, right? Joy. Joy can actually heal you in some ways. It's not just a sign of healing. It's actually a means of healing. This is important because this is all through the scriptures. Number six, joy is connected to trials. Joy is connected to trials. Often when we think of joy as like a feeling of happiness and pleasure, like Google does... We think, well, then uh, then joy is the absence of trials. That's not biblical joy. Joy is actually tied to trials in the Bible. James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of many kinds. Okay, how many of you, you face trials, you're like, yes, good. I'm going to enjoy this, right? No, listen, this is important. I think James, that some translations don't say count it, It actually says consider it. Consider it pure joy, some translations say. I think you actually have to make a choice. Like James is saying, you have to count it. You have to consider it. You have to make a choice. You have to look at the pains, look at the trials of this world and say, okay, I choose joy. Okay, I'm going to count it as joy. If I'm facing something really hard, I'm going to count it as joy. Other people wouldn't count it that way. I'm going to count it that way. Psalm 30 says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That also means, by the way, that joy comes and goes. That's why we can't just say it's a feeling. Sometimes I don't have a feeling. Sometimes it's a feeling in there. Sometimes I'm struggling. The psalmist is saying, "Hey, you're going to have nights. You're going to have you're going to have some dark nights. You're going to have weeping and mourning at night. Yeah, that's, that happens in life too. Joy's not like a steady thing. Like you just have joy and you just keep it forever. That's why it's not just a feeling." Because the joy stays steady, but the feeling may go up and down, right? The joy comes back in the morning. Number seven, joy is strength. Nehemiah says, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So here's what can happen. Okay, how do you get through tough times? How do you get through tough times? Well, well joy is part of how you do it. You choose joy. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to choose joy. I'm going to be joyful even when I shouldn't be joyful, and it's going to be part of my strength. It's going to be part of my anchor. It's going to be hard, part of how I get through these things. Now, it's difficult because there are joy. Number eight, joy robbers. Joy robbers. I would put a little dash in the middle. Joy robbers. Okay, there, there, there are things in this world. Everybody has them. You have people that suck out your joy. Okay? You have places you go that, that are joy robbers. It takes away your joy. You have... Uh, How many of you, you have places you won't drive past because it's associated with such a memory that even driving past it sucks your joy out for the day? There are things in life that suck our joy out. Let me give you a few examples. Unforgiveness, okay, when you you hold a grudge, it robs you of your joy, okay? It's like trying to poison somebody by drinking the poison yourself. You, You take away your own joy. Bitterness, bitterness, pain. Physical pain, but also emotional pain, robs you of your joy. If you've ever been through something, you, you know, the couple, uh, about a month ago, I had a tooth issue. and got all infected, and then I had to get it out, and then it was all sore. And um, I wasn't smiling that much. It hurt. It hurt to smile. Okay, I wasn't laughing that much. It, it didn't, right? Pain can rob you of your joy. Grief. In many ways, grief is a, grief is a battle of joy. Okay, it's, it's, it's hard at a funeral to both be sad and to have joy and gratitude. And that is exactly the battle we're supposed to have in grief. Being right. I know plenty of people who are really self-righteous. People who are really self-righteous, uh, this could be probably a sermon on its own. People who are really self-righteous, they tend to have one issue that they're really right about. They don't really care about a lot of other issues, but this one I'm right on. And they are like, they are like warriors for this one issue. And everybody else should get in line with this one issue. And they, they, they get self-righteous. And what I notice is those people who are self-righteous about one issue are very rarely full of joy. Very rarely full of joy. Self-righteousness robs you of your joy. Abuse. Sometimes you're in relationships that actually take away your joy. Where someone is actively taking it away. Mental health can do that too. Some people, some people have mental, mental health issues where chemically joy is difficult. That's just how that is. So there are all these joy robbers. But there are also joy builders. Joy builders. It's number 9. Joy builders. How many of you have people where you're like, "Oh, I love being around so and so." Oh, "Oh, I love being around so and so. I love when we all get together. I love when I do this activity. I love when I'm in this place." There are these things that bring you joy. And part of the secret to life is trying to get away from joy robbers and lean into your joy givers, your joy builders. Now, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're like, you know what robs me of joy is my job. <laughs> you're like, okay. Sometimes you've got to go back and you've got to count it joy. Sometimes you've got to go consider it. You've got to go rethink how you approach it. Or sometimes you just need a new job. Right? Christmas is a joy-building season, I think. Again, for some people, it's blue. For some people, there's some challenges. For some, reasons, for some people, there are things going on at Christmas that are robbing you of your joy. I get that. But Christmas is, is an invitation to be joyful. It's all over the Christmas story. I gave you the examples. You can look this up, but there's four times in the Christmas stories where joy is specifically mentioned. Number one is the angel to Zechariah. Okay. Zechariah is working at the temple. An angel comes and says, you and your wife are going to have a baby, which is crazy because they are, not, they are at the age where they are no longer capable of having children. Okay. Elizabeth, they knew back in the ancient world, what menopause was she was like that's not happening and when when he hears this from the angel if you remember the story he laughs not like in a joyful way like in a (laughs) that's funny kind of way and then he's not allowed to speak until the baby is born okay but but what does the angel say and you will have joy and gladness and many people will rejoice at his birth remember those are both the same word You'll have joy, and many people will rejoice at his birth. He's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, there's going to be joy in it. Why? Because he's speaking the the way for Jesus. Now, uh, later on, Mary comes and visits Elizabeth, who is Zechariah's wife, because because Mary now knows she's pregnant, and she knows that her relative Elizabeth is pregnant. And, And when she comes and sees Elizabeth. Elizabeth blesses her, but then the baby in the womb, John the Baptist, starts jumping and rolling around. Okay, Elizabeth has to stop because she feels it. And what does she say? She says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped with what? Joy. And blessed is he who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So the baby, how does he respond? With joy. The angels say to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great what? Joy, joy that will be for all people. The angel saying, "Hey, you know what? A big the, what, the angel starts with this. You know what this baby's bringing? Joy. And then when the wise men see the star, when they saw the star, they rege- rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Isn't that a weird phrase? Like, just think about that for a second. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. It's in Greek. It's even weir- weirder because it's the same word." So they, they basically they they joyed, they rejoiced with joy and the word is like mega exceeded it's actually the Greek mega. Okay? So they rejoice with mega really joy, like really mega joy, like it's really hard to translate in English. That's a lot of joy everybody. Okay? They, rejo- they it says it joy twice and it's mega ultra joy. Okay, that that's a lot of joy. And they rejoiced why when they saw the star cuz it's like it's like the runner they were coming to the end of their journey and it was like okay now we're going to see now we're going to see this baby this promised one. That's joy. And that's associated with Christmas because that's what happens. We're waiting for Jesus. Now let me add one more verse to you. I have it on there. It could have probably been its own point, but Hebrews 12 when the author of Hebrews is writing about Jesus He says, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is a really interesting phrase to me. It means the cross is joy for Jesus. There's a joy. There's something he's pursuing. He's got to go over the cross to be on mission. To do whatever he came to do. This tells me something else about joy. That sometimes joy comes not from avoiding pain... But heading right towards it for something bigger. There's a joy, and a lot of people don't ever experience this joy. There's a joy that comes when you say, okay, that's really big. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start an organization that's going to help kids. I'm going to do something big. And it's going to be hard. I'm not sure I can do it. I'm going to have to endure to get it. But there's a joy that comes in pursuing something that's really, really difficult. A lot of Christians will never experience that joy, but I would challenge you, the way of Jesus is one, where you endure something for something bigger. So to end, let me just give you a little joy inventory. There's a little, little task you can use these questions to maybe think through. How joyful are you? How much do you smile? How much do you smile? How much do you laugh? Hey, how quickly do you get frustrated? Are other people lightened and brightened? Because you're around, right? Are they lightened and brightened because you're around? How quickly do you get angry? How quickly do you get angry? How quickly are you overwhelmed? How much do you talk about your pains and wounds? This is a big one. People who are really joyful, yeah, they've got pains. But they're not talking about them all the time, Okay. Joy means I'm talking about other things, not just my pains. How can you feel more joy? Well, here's some questions. What brings you joy? Lean into those. Who are the people that really bring you joy? Go go be with those people. What activities bring you joy? Go do those things. Lean into those. What robs you of your joy? What robs you of your joy? You got two choices with them. You either got to limit them, limit them, or you got to consider them joy. You either got to rethink them or you got to get away from them. Some people, some people you can't get away from, and so you gotta, you got to think about them differently. What joy are you pursuing that you have to strive for or sacrifice for? And what are you doing to be close to Jesus so that you can be filled with joy? I think those are just some helpful things as we head towards Christmas to think about whether we are living lives of really true joy. And of course, we could... We could we could sing a lot of different songs, but the song we have to sing after this one is Joy to the World. Let's stand together.